Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Monday, June 3rd, 2019. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Brooke and Natalia, and we are here to talk about romantic suspense. Series, standalones, pretty much anything goes here. Um, I will start off, followed by Brooke, and then Natalia, of course, will end the round. But before we do that, I have the usual housekeeping information. You can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. Once you're there, you can like and or follow the page. You can also join our Facebook listener group where you can interact with us as well as with other podcast listeners. If Twitter is your thing, you can now find us over there. Um, and the handle is at bistro underscore book. And if social media is just not something you enjoy, but you still want to reach out to us, you can do that via email. The address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. All right. So let's talk about romantic suspense. My first pick is the Penelope Blue series by Tamara Morgan. It starts out with Stealing Mr. Right. And this is kind of the lighter end of romantic suspense, which is not usually something I enjoy, but there was something very special about this trilogy. So Penelope Blue is a jewel thief. And she's very successful. She has stolen like millions of dollars in jewels over the course of her, her career. But she has recently married an FBI agent. And not just any FBI agent, but the FBI agent who is responsible for finding the person who has stolen all of these jewels. So this is a fantastic game of cat and mouse. The sexual chemistry between these two is phenomenal. Um, there's some really cool like wordplay that they do. There's just so much that I loved about this. The kind of balance that she strikes between having them be allies, you know, in the bedroom and enemies like in all other facets of life until kind of, you know, they figure out how they're going to make things work for them. Um, it's just, it's really, really remarkable. It's a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't something that I was sure that I would like at first because I usually prefer things a little darker, a little twistier, but this was just a quick, fun read um, if you're looking for something that has a lot of action but a ton of romance and just really likable characters I highly recommend Stealing Mr. Wright which is the first book in the Penelope Blue trilogy by Tamara Morgan the first book I'm going to talk about tonight is The Lost Girls by Alison Brennan and this is the 11th book in her Lucy Kincaid series. There are 15 books in total right now, and all of them have been great. So this book starts out with a baby being dropped off at a church. 
and the baby is clutching a locket that has the name of Siobhan. And I'm not really sure how, but the priest seems to know this Siobhan Walsh. I think it's because she has put up posters and she's been looking for these two sisters for a really long time. And so the priest gets in contact with um, Siobhan and she realizes that this baby must be belong to one of the sisters. And so she goes to her FBI friend, Lucy Kincaid and Noah Armstrong. And through their investigations, they discover that the two sisters are victims of a human trafficking ring. And it kind of, the, the whole book is kind of looking at what happens with, within this human trafficking ring and all of the bad guys and how they're going to get them out of this whole situation. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, Lucy Kincaid's fiance, Sean Rogan, who's also a pretty primary character within the whole series, he has learned that he has a son. And he doesn't know, he didn't know that he has a son. And the son has gone missing with his stepfather. So Sean needs to decide if he should stick around just in case Lucy needs him or if he should go look for his son. And of course, as everyone can probably guess, he goes and he starts looking for his son. And through this, it's just a really good book of two kind of cases and the whole interaction between the characters is just really great. So it's The Lost Girls by Alison Brennan, and it's the 11th book in her Lucy Kincaid series, which has 15 books in total. I have read the first four of these, and I've also read the, what is it, like, Speak No Evil uh, trilogy that comes before it, like, that features some of Lucy's siblings. Right. Um, and oh. I, I've enjoyed them. Is it a prequel? Because, you know, I it's, like to read my books in order. So it is, kind of, because there are, like, some things that happen in the first book that sort of explain things in Lucy's life like later on mm. so yeah and, All right, so that's where you, and it gives you background on her family yeah that's important right. the first book I'm going to talk about is one of my favorite books of all time and it is by one of my favorite authors of all time Mrs. Sandra Brown the Queen and the book is called The Switch I like it because it's about twinnies and my mom is a twin and we have twinnies on the podcast we do but not today but not today no twins don't like romantic suspense they don't know what they're missing yet but we will convert them we promise hopefully one day so this book is called the switch it's about melina and jillian lloyd and the book opens with them having dinner together jillian is really nervous because she just underwent an artificial insemination because she's you know getting older and she wants to have a baby and you know, that's important to her. So she does an artificial insemination and she's like, Oh my God, I hope that it works, you know? So she's having dinner with her twin to celebrate. Now, well, meanwhile, her twin is a media escort 
So I guess she's kind of escorts famous people, but not not that kind of escort. It's more <laughs> like for the for the news or for the station. I, I'm not quite clear as to what it is. It, it sounds like a media escort. So yeah, not the good kind. Uh, <laughs> so she's kind of um, feeling adventurous, and she tells Jillian that they should switch places because they're identical, and they haven't done this since they were kids. And she tells Jillian to switch places with her so that she can escort this astronaut named Christopher Hart. Um, and he's a really big deal because he's Native American and he's an astronaut. But Jillian is too nervous about her artificial insemination. And she says, no, I'm not. You know, what? I, I don't want to do this. And a switch can have really bad consequences. All right. So they don't do it. And then the next day, Molina, the police come to her door and tell her that her twin has been brutally murdered in her bed. And yes, this is on the book jacket. I'm not spoiling it, okay? Um, because I'm one of those people who hates spoilers. And uh, there's writing on the wall with a bunch of messages directed at Jillian. And the police is not seeming to help or cooperate to the satisfaction of Molina. And it turns out that the astronaut that Molina escorted the night before... <laughs> Uh, has been linked to the crime, but he knows he's not guilty, so he, he proposes a grudging alliance, and they go on the run to investigate what happened to Jillian. Anyway, I don't want to say more. I'm giving you exactly what's in the book jacket. Nothing more and nothing less. But I have to say that this book is incredible. I read it, um, gosh... Maybe like 12 years ago, the first time. And then I reread it again, maybe less than a year ago. And it was great. I even got my husband to read it. And when he finished it, he had the biggest book hangover. <laughs> it took him like a month to be able to get into another book. But this is The Switch by Sandra Brown. And once you start, you're not going to stop reading it. It's it's that good. I need to pick this up again because I read it when it first came out. But I have wow. not revisited it <laughs> since then and I yeah. kind of want to alright so next up for me is a duology and this was originally released back in like 1994 the first book is called Night Sins and it's followed up by Guilty as Sin so these are by Tammy Hogue and I reread the first one um, back in like the end of January when we were having the polar vortex here um, in the Midwest. And it was just like the perfect kind of cold weather book. You just want to like hunker down and get totally lost in this really gripping mystery with some really great romance thrown into the mix. So this takes place in a small town in Minnesota called Deer Lake. And our heroine is named Megan, she has just been assigned as kind of the FBI liaison to Deer Lake's police department. So on her first day on the job, there is a kidnapping in town. An eight-year-old boy goes missing, and a note is left behind. And the note says, Ignorance is not innocence, but sin. And so no one knows what this means. The town is turned upside down as they try to find this little boy. Megan reluctantly joins forces with the police chief, who is named Mitch Holt, and they try to figure out what happened to this child. 
all kinds of things, both positive and negative, go on. These are long books. Um, I think the duology in total is about 900 pages. So these are not books that you're just going to like fly through, but they're wonderful. The tension is so phenomenal. It's like as you read, you can just feel it like amping up and up and up. And I was like, I had like a big knot in my stomach as I read these both the first time and the second time. Um, the book ends, the first book ends, we do see a little bit of, re- of resolution, but you do have to continue on with Guilty of Sin for the overall like, arcing you know, conclusion. So these are very intense, um, pretty violent sometimes, very dark, very twisty, basically the kinds of things that Tammy Hogue, especially back in the 90s, was known for. Um, her stuff that she writes today is still really, really good, but very different from that kind of dark, gritty, romantic suspense that I first um, first thought of, like, as being connected with her. So this is Night Sins and Guilty as Sin, the Deer Lake duology, and they are by Tammy Hogue, and I love them. I must read Tammy um, Hogue. I don't know you how. You should. I like I've this... read a bunch of her books, but I'm not sure if I've read this duology. Oh, yes. Like A Thin Dark Line, I love. Dark oh, Paradise. Good. There's so many good Tammy Hogue novels. <gasps> so many bookities. <laughs> so the next book I'm going to talk about is Run to Ground. Rocky Mountain Canine Unit number one by Katie Ruggle. So this book is about the the series itself is kind of about this Rocky Mountain canine unit. So in each book you get to know one of the character, like one of the members of the uh, unit. So this book focuses on Theo and he has just lost his canine as well as human partner. So he is kind of going through this, not really knowing what to do or what he wants, if he wants to continue doing what he's doing. And so you kind of start out the book just getting to know him and his, what's going on with him. He is placed with a new canine partner who has actually lost his human partner. So together, the dog and partner need to kind of become, I guess, a team. And they have to go get over their losses together. Meanwhile, the main character of this book, other than Theo, is Jules Jackson. And she has kidnapped her, well, not really kidnapped, but she's taken her four siblings away from their stepmother, who is not a very nice person. And she has brought them to the Rocky Mountain, uh, to Rocky Mountain, Colorado. And in, they're kind of in hiding. So she meets Theo while she's working at a diner. And her and Theo kind of have this, I don't know, kind of 
kind of attraction, but at the same time, she's nervous, right? Because she's hiding her siblings. And she doesn't know, she knows that he's a cop and she doesn't want to get involved because she's worried that he's going to tell her stepmother where they are. So this whole story is kind of their developing relationship and also Theo and Biggie, who his his canine partner, how they have to develop their relationship as well. It's just a really great book. Because I like dogs, and also I like romantic suspense. So I, when I saw that this series focused on a canine unit, I thought it was perfect. So this is Run to Ground, Rocky Mountain Canine Unit Number 1 by Kitty Ruggle. And there's actually four books in the series. I think I weirdly like read the third one. And not any of the others, so that probably wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> From what I remember, like you really can read each book on its own. I don't think you have to read everything else, but the only thing is is that um, Jules's story kind of goes all the way through all at least at least two of the books. Yeah, I remember like having some questions about that. Like I didn't yeah. have all the back. Like her book, um so she doesn't really have any resolution by the end of this book. You'll kind of okay. get a cliffhanger. it's kind of a cliffhanger with her story. Okay. Yes, but yeah. is the next book out? Oh yeah, yeah. they're all out. Yep, yeah, all, all four. Oh out. good, good. Because I can't do cliffhangers if if I have to wait for the next book, that will just break my brain. <laughs> So the next book I'm going to talk about is by another queen of suspense, romantic suspense, Miss Lisa Gardner, and it is called The Other Daughter. It's actually one of her few standalone books, but even though it is a standalone and we're used to reading her books that have uh, overlapping characters, uh, this book is great. So this book is about Melody Stokes, and her name is Stokes because she was adopted by a family when she was nine years old and she has no memory of her life before then now this family they've been very loving uh she feels very lucky she's very happy with them but it turns out they have something that happened to them that was also tragic they had another daughter and she was murdered when she was about four or five years old and nobody knows who did it or why or what happened and Melanie was discovered at a Boston hospital, but as I said before, she has no memory of her life before, but it turns out that somebody wants her to remember, and they keep leaving notes by her places where she goes that are kind of triggering her, because she doesn't remember, but her brain obviously does. So I can't say much more about this book because it will give it away. So yes, this book is incredible. Please pick it up. The other daughter, Lisa Gardner. This is one of the first Gardner books I I read. I think I read mm. the third victim before this one, and then I read the Survivors Club like right after. I read the Survivors Club right after this one because I had such a big book hangover. I needed yeah, another. Needed another Lisa Gardner. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, my first one was The Perfect Husband, which was also oh, very good. Oh yes, that Actually, was no. my first book as well. No, no, I'm lying. Was the perfect husband. My first was Love You More. 
<gasps> which is also great. But yes. I didn't know it was part of a series, so I got upset when I found that out, and then I started from the beginning. Oh, the per- so then you had to, the like, perfect husband. Yeah. go back. Okay. You know me, I have to read a series in order, even if it makes no it's, difference. It's best in most cases. Yes, it sure is. So I have a standalone novel with some adoption themes as well. This is The Lucky Ones by Tiffany Rice. And I wouldn't normally think of Tiffany Rice as a romantic suspense author. She does some phenomenal um, erotic romance. She's done a lovely historical uh, with some time travel elements. But The Lucky Ones is this super intense, very disturbing novel about family and secrets and forbidden love and kind of the darkest parts of the human psyche. And I loved it so, so much because it's Tiffany Rice and there's just not much more to say. It's Tiffany Rice. So this is the story of Allison. And Allison is one of a group of seven children who call themselves the lucky ones. And these kids have either been orphaned or abandoned by their parents. So they live in different like orphanages. Some of them are in foster care. Um, around the country, but they're each chosen by this doctor for reasons that only he knows, and he takes them to live in this big house that he has on the Oregon coast. This house is called the Dragon, and he's like this, I don't know, he's known for all these great like philanthropic things that he does, um, and people just love him. So Allison is the youngest of the lucky ones. And she lived in this house with her six adopted siblings until one night when something happened and she almost died. Then she was kind of whisked away and was not allowed to have contact with this doctor or any of her siblings after that. So 13 years go by. Allison is kind of you know, living in an okay life. She's not extraordinarily happy or unhappy she just you know is kind of all right and then she gets a letter from Roland who is the oldest of the lucky ones and he tells her that the doctor is really really sick and if she wants a chance to see him one more time she needs to return to the dragon like now so she does and when she's there she starts to come up with some questions about what made her leave in the first place. She wants more details about the kind of tragic event that led to her being taken away from her family. So she begins to dig into the past. And this, you know, from reading all these romantic suspense books, um, digging into the past is generally a very bad thing to do. Um, You learn all sorts of terrible things when you do this. So she does, and she does learn terrible things. Um, with consequences that are way, way more intense. I keep saying the word intense. It's like the only word I can think of that does this book any kind of justice, but that the secrets that she learns are far more, I don't know, like far reaching, I guess, than she ever imagined. So this is not a book or the faint of heart, if you're easily disturbed, um, you might not want to read this. There are some things that go on here that 
a lot of people may find tricky to read about, but I loved it so, so much. I read it like in an evening and it's fantastic as pretty much everything is that this author writes. So this once again is The Lucky Ones and it is by Tiffany Rice. That was a really good book. I remember reading it sometime oh. in the last year. And yes. I enjoyed it. It's so, so good. I wasn't sure at first, but it was actually really, really good. Yes. So the next book I'm going to... Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's sorry. You guys are all just adding to my list. Keep adding. Keep adding. <laughs> so the next book I'm going to talk about tonight is Waking the Dead, Mine Hunters, number three, by Kylie Brandt. And this book is about a woman named Caitlin, and she is a forensic anthropologist. And she works for a company called that people call the Mind Hunt the Mind Hunters. Um, I can't remember the company name exactly. I think it might be Riker, but I I'm not completely remembering. So she has been called out to look at a scene in a cave where seven garbage bags have been found containing bones. And each of these bones are a person. And the bones all have similar kind of cutting action on them. And they're all missing their, their skulls. So she has been called out to look at this and to investigate. And she, it's kind of up in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. So she asks a guy named Zach to help her get to the cave. So along their journey to the cave, they kind of sparks start flying. But Caitlin is a very focused person. She kind of it's kind of interesting with her backstory because she used to be a model. So she's almost kind of a teenage boy's wet dream, according to the book anyway. Um, and she, <laughs> Why she, does that creep me out? That definition. I don't. <laughs> I, I just felt like, ooh. Like, I don't know. But yeah, so she is a model, and now she is a forensic anthropologist. So she is a very serious. She's very serious about her work because she has to work really hard for people to keep her ser- take for people to take her seriously. Because a lot of people look at her and kind of think, oh, she knows nothing, um, and don't really take her seriously. But she's very um, good at her job. So they I'm go. Sure. Along their mission, um, along their travels, they kind of sparks fly, and you, the book jacket really doesn't tell you much more than that. So I'm gonna have to stop there. But it was a really, really good book. I quite enjoyed it, and it's called Waking the Dead, Mind Hunters, number three by Kylie Brandt. And if I'm not incorrect, there are nine books in that series. I do have a question though. Yep. Uh, Zach is not a teenage boy, right? No, really not. not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that 
This is that terrible Tampa, thing. Right? <laughs> oh, Tampa. I love Tampa. It's I like, know, I've never, I've never heard of that. You feel but... slightly morbid that you yeah. read that book because it, it makes me feel very guilty, but I enjoyed every second of that book. Well, the next book I'm going to talk about is about an author I, by an author I always mention. But, you know, this is the author that we could consider the queen of everything because she writes it all. You name it, she wrote it. I mean, the only thing she hadn't written was apocalyptic books, and she started that, too. Yep, now she has. You know, and I have to read the second book in that series. I haven't actually I haven't read, read, read the second one either. I forgot that I haven't. So now that we're mentioning it. So it was very hard to pick a Nora Roberts romantic suspense because she's got so many, oh, and so they're many. all so good so good but um i reread a couple of my favorites and um it was very hard to pick between genuine lies and carolina moon and i mentioned in both both of them because you got you have to read all of them (laughs) i'm going to talk about carolina moon just because there i have not read a book like it ever and and it's you know it, it is romantic suspense with a touch of kind of paranormal which i like so carolina moon is about terry Bodine. And she has a gift. He, well, she considers it a blessing and a curse because she had an abusive childhood. And, and um, her father was one of those um, people who used religion as a reason for his abuse. But he was just, it wasn't religion. He was just a sick man. And um, her gift would get her into trouble. Her gift is that she has visions. For instance, um, if, he said, oh, I lost my keys. You know, she was a kid, so she wouldn't know any better. And she would have a vision that his keys were in the back of the cabinet and she would splurt it out. So, and of course, as she got older, this gift has haunted her because when she was a little girl, her best friend was murdered. And while she was locked in her room grounded for blurting out one of her visions to her father, she had a vision of exactly how her friend was murdered and basically lived it through her visions. Which, you know, traumatized and scarred her for life, basically. So now she's an adult. And she has decided to go back to her hometown and open a shop. And she wants to come to terms with this, with with what happened. And be able to, you know, get past it. She doesn't want to live her entire life uh, dealing with this, you know, trauma. Or at least she doesn't want it to be affecting her the way it is. And... Well, what happens when she gets back? Things are happening. It turns out that women are getting murdered all around with the, the same way that her friend was murdered when she was a little girl. So, you know, obviously the murderer is still at large. And this is Carolina Moon by Nora Roberts. Uh, I think I not doing it enough justice. It is actually a movie too. And it I is saw a movie. movie with my parents. My parents loved the movie. So many of her uh, books are movies. So my last pick is a little bit of an uneven trilogy, but this is the Angie Pellerino series by Canadian author Laureth Ann White. The first book is The Drowned Girls. And before I talk about it, I will just say that I love the first book. I was kind of meh about the second book. And the third book blew my mind and I was so sad when it was done. So, I don't know, like the middle was not the best, but okay. So, Angie Pellerino is a police officer in Canada, and she 
investigated quite a while before this book opened a series of rapes. And it was never, she was never able to solve these cases. And so they've always kind of stuck with her. So when she finds a woman's body in a cemetery and she begins to investigate this death, she finds some links to these rape cases from several years before. And then another body shows up floating in this gorge. And it appears that this woman was also sexually assaulted and killed in the same way as the body in the cemetery. So now she is hunting for what she believes is a serial killer as well as a serial rapist and someone who has been harming women for a very, very long time. She is part of a task force to solve these cases. And her boss, who she has just met, um, she apparently had a one-night stand with him in a bar at the very beginning of the book, only you don't know right away that that ends up being her boss. Um, he is not sure that Angie is someone that he can, first of all, work with, second of all, have a relationship with, even though he's really attracted to her and this causes a lot of conflict for him because, you know, he's her boss and it's probably not the best thing for them to get involved. But of course, because this is a romance novel, they do get involved and lots of things happen, some of them good, some of them bad, very bad. But as this case continues to be investigated, Angie turns up some very disturbing information, not necessarily about this case, but about her past. And this kind of causes her to go off the rails. And the fact that Angie goes off the rails is kind of the like the linchpin of this series, because Angie is not a stable character. I liked her for the most part, but there were times when I really, really didn't. Um, she goes through a lot of growth, and that helped to make her someone that was more relatable to me. Um, but there's a lot going on here. Like I said, it's a trilogy. Laura Ann White manages to write these books that feel very like stark and dangerous and yet like really keep you engrossed you know that bad things are going to happen and sometimes you really want to like look away but you can't so this again is the drowned girls it's angie pellerino book one by laureth ann white and i hear it, it has not been confirmed but i hear that she is currently working on a spin-off featuring um, another detective who is kind of a supporting character in the Andrew Pallarino series. So if that's true, I will really be excited to read it. I don't think I've read this series. So I have to look oh, for it. Yes. Canadian, so I have to read it. Yeah, she's got this series and she has a duology and a couple standalones. She's very, very good. You'll have I to think look for her. Yeah, I think you should be able to find them. That's cool. So my final book for tonight is She Can Scream. She Can, number three, by Melinda Lee. And if I'm not incorrect, there are five books in this series. So the main character for this book is Brooke Davenport. Did you pick it because this person has your name? Uh, kind of, because... <laughs> <laughs> 
got the same score. And then I was like, hey, this one's about somebody like me, so I'm going to make So, yeah, I did. So, um, so the main character is Brooke Davenport, and she, it starts out with her stopping a sexual assault. She runs a self-defense course for women because 16 years previously, one of her friends was sexually assaulted and murdered. And so as a result, she teaches self-defense to women so that this hopefully doesn't happen again. And when she comes out, she hears a scream and she goes and she rescues this girl who was in the in the middle of being almost being sexually assaulted. And this kind of triggers the perpetrator to go after to want to go after Brooke now because Brooke doesn't want to leave the whole situation alone. She wants to know like who who did it and why is he go why did he go after this girl? So her brother is going off to to war. I can't remember if he's going to Iraq or somewhere. And he asks his one of his best friends to come and help come and take care of her and make sure that he well while he's away that she's safe. And while he's gone, she is involved in this whole like being chased by this murderer. So what's his name? Trying to remember his name. I think his name is Luke. So Luke is the one that's going to be protecting her. So he is a computer expert and he kind of has PTSD because he lost his assistant in a bombing when he was overseas um, doing some kind of computer stuff uh, some for some for this organization that he runs, this company that he runs. And so he's kind of protecting her. And the whole book is just about their relationship that develops and about the investigation into trying to find out who has who's going after this this woman and who's kind of going after Brooke now. So it's She Can Scream, She Can, number three, by Melinda Lee. Yay. Wow, all these new series that I'm going to try today. Some of did, did try you notice that a lot of the titles, a lot of the titles no. are very, are, I don't know how to say it. They're kind of um, Violent? silly. They're silly. Oh. Like, just because like, her title of her series is called She Can. So she uh-huh. can scream, she can run, she can hide. Uh-huh. I know, but I just think it's like, I don't know, can you have thought of a better title for your series? It is true. <laughs> it might not have been her. Could have no, been it's the, very uh, possible. It'd be like the publisher, the publisher the Martin, True, like true, that... true. It could have been, yeah. Sometimes. But now it's time for the best part of the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And guess who gets it? Me! Yes. I'm going to speak of a lady that writes romantic suspense and literally her books are all part of a big old series called romantic suspense and I cannot I still can't pick what books to talk about <laughs> so I guess I'm going to talk about the books as a whole this lady her name is Karen Rose 
And this series, because I like reading in order, starts with Don't Tell. Um, and so if you like to read in books in order like I, you want to start with Don't Tell. These books are about different characters in different cities, and they all overlap. I think maybe I'll talk about a little bit about You Can't Hide because I just read it. Okay. It's, I think, book five, and it's about a psychologist, Tess Chicatelli, her name. Love it. And she's got clients that are killing themselves. But it seems like they're being pushed to it. And what's really freaky about this is that it seems like they're being pushed to it by her. But she's no, she knows she's not the one doing it. So what is going on? Anyway, this is You Can't Hide by Karen Rose. And now Karen Rose really writes these books that you don't know where they're going. You don't, you don't know what they're about. And the, the whodunit, you don't know either. And sometimes you'll know the whodunit, but it's still crazy. Like, for instance, this book, Nothing to Fear. You know that a woman has escaped prison and, you know, she kidnapped a little boy and ran away with him. And, you know, she's hiding in a, in a shelter, but you don't know why you can't connect any of these pieces. You just know, okay, she's evil and no one knows why she's evil. No one knows why she's doing this, and so you're you're riding this roller coaster, and you you don't know what's going to happen until it gets to the end. So regardless, this is Karen Rose. I'm not doing her justice because there are like twenty something books in this series, and I can just talk and talk and talk about how closer than you think kept me up all night, oh, and how I Die for it. Me, Die for Me gave me nightmares. It was just so cool how there was, you know, Die for Me, Scream for Me, Kill for Me. Whoa. Um, I just, I'm remembering all of the titles right now and I'm thinking about all of them just mashed up in my head, which is why I just couldn't talk about one book. <laughs> they're so beautiful. I have to give a plug here for the Cincinnati books. Um, so far there are four of them starting with yes. Closer Than You Think. And they are, I think, some of my favorites by her. There's like this really dark and creepy human trafficking situation and I just, I, yes. I love them. Yeah, and I think what I love about her is that she touches on every dark, morbid subject you can think about. Online gaming. It's true. Um, human trafficking, um, childhood abuse, uh, domestic yeah, like, violence, um, envy, jealousy, greed. I mean, you know, arson. Just everything you can think of. But not only does she do that, but she also puts a spin on it that no one else you know, has put on. I mean, we did mention Blue Smoke, and that book was about arson, and it was great. But Count to Ten was so creepy. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's she's just very unique. I don't know where she gets her ideas, but um, she needs to keep them coming. She does. I love, I like, I love the sense of, like, found family that exists right. in her books. Um, her right. characters have these really remarkable relationships with one another. Right. And what I also like is that, that they're not all, you know, um, they come from all different walks of life. So, yeah, they do have found family, but some of them have their blood families with, that they actually get along with. Yes. Um, some of them don't. Um, some of them make the best out of really terrible situations, like, you know, uh, Bailey. I, I really like how Bailey ended up. And... Um, you know, I just really appreciate 
friend it has friendship honesty loyalty love um, and even though all these dark things are happening it does focus on what's most important in life which are those things all right so we we love karen rose <laughs> all right so that does it for us this evening now we can go to bed since we've talked about killers and rapists and kidnapping and all sorts Arsonist. of other yes all sorts of other terrible things but I want to thank Brooke and Natalia for helping me put this episode together and contributing some of their very favorite romantic suspense titles. We will have to revisit this topic sometime in the future because there are so many books we didn't get to talk about. I also and authors. Yes. And I also want to thank Christine for the fantastic editing that she does with each and every episode. And of course, thanks to all of you who have joined us for the Book Bistro journey. We appreciate it ever so much. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.